Hello, welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm Dave Cohen. And I'm James Carey. And uh, Happy New Year. Welcome to episode 183 of uh, Sitcom Geeks as we... uh, Head into 2022. This is going to be the year all being well when we record episode 200, uh, which is uh, very exciting. So we're not quite sure what's going to happen in episode 200, but it it will be different. Well, making plans for the future generally is still deemed unwise, isn't it? I'm meant to be going to France at Easter. It's like, right. am I? I don't know. I haven't booked anything. You know, well, the thing, the only thing I booked is what we booked two years ago that has been bumped on a year and then another year. Right. I still don't think I'm going to make it, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know. Yeah, we've 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 had a um a long a long standing plan to do a a a, a US trip that's mm. been many years of cancellation, and then uh then there was a reason to cancel it as well, rather than just <laughs> our inability to organise it. Uh, oh yeah, COVID. Well, otherwise we would definitely have gone last year. However. The, our inabilities to make a plans because of events would suggest that planning is a waste of time, but it isn't. And we're following up from last time, episode 182, want to do better in 2022. We're just going to drill down a bit more based on a couple of books that we've read between us about having a bit more of a plan for the year. In terms of habits in particular, Dave's read Atomic Habits and I've read Deep Work. So Dave, do you want to kick us off. In fact, before you do that, can you tell us, you read another book you've referred to a few times called Getting Things Done by David Allen, which I'm not presumably not comedian Dave Allen. Now that, uh, that I would yeah. like to read. Uh, well, well, first of all, um, and often we are saying, oh, you must read um, Aristotle and you must read this book about uh, the three act structure, etc, etc. Uh, what you may wonder, are we doing reading books that are seemingly absolutely nothing to do with, with uh, comedy? And um, the answer is, I think, and I think we kind of uh, alluded to it in the last episode, that, that, you know, there's more there's more to comedy writing than comedy writing. And um, really, I think one of the the biggest uh, things that that the best things that happened to me in the last two or three years is that sort of productivity has gone up as a result of reading books like Atomic Habits and um, Getting Things Done. Um, Getting Things Done is... uh, Basically, it's a, it's quite an old book now. It's probably one of those original books of uh, that that, um, that that addresses the question of you know what are you going to do with those mass that massive pile of uh, uh, things on your to do list and and all those emails that you're going to answer. Uh, uh, he has a very simple rule, um, which is that anything burn that it, can... yeah. <laughs> bin it, <laughs> shred it. Well, there's two. There's there's two rules actually. One is leave it and it'll go away, uh, which does happen with with you know kind of about fifty percent of those emails that we get. Um, but he says if there's something that you can do this moment that will take you less than two minutes, uh, do it. Uh, which is a again, it seems like a sort of silly logical thing, but actually it does. It is amazing what a difference that makes and how much better you feel. You suddenly like uh, get rid of these five things that have been hanging over. You think, oh, I'll do that tomorrow or the next day. So that's quite that's 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 a very simple thing. But um, the other yeah, thing, if you that... if you have to make a quarterly VAT payment, um, and the thing is is in your in tray, that's not going to go away. So do that straight away because if you discover, well, in fact, you won't discover two years later that you haven't paid it because you'll get a very very angry letter from HM Revenue Customs and Excise saying you've not paid. 
uh, which I had the other day. Uh, so um, in, in actual fact, ironically, I had paid, but I hadn't told my accountant to file the quarterly account because he's not allowed to do it without me expressly telling him to do so. And he sent me an email to say, all you need to do is tell me to file it and I'll do it. But until you do that, I can't do it. But the, the, the other thing, which is a little bit more complicated, and uh, it's a kind of book, and it was written, I'd say, 20 years ago, back in the day when uh, people used to work in offices for big companies. And uh, not some of you are probably young enough, to, you might not know that that's what used to happen uh, in the world. Um, and uh, it's kind of written for a sort of big corporate uh, offices and things. And so you've got things like, um, it, it's about... Um, a, a, a job that hasn't been sorted yet is, is an open loop and it's all about closing your open loops and there's lots of kind of um, very fascinating graphs and, and complicated drawings to show you how to close your loop so that's a little bit more you kind of uh, a lot of that is about you know, talking to HR and HR talking to accounts and accounts talk coming back to you. So there's a lot, there's a lot of kind of corporate stuff that isn't quite so relevant um, for us. But um, the book Atomic Habits is a much more recent book, and uh, that's really I found that really really helpful. And it's basically what the the, the gist of it, I would say, if if I could. Uh, cut it down very, very quickly is to say that you know we all make goals and we all like making uh goals and achieving things um but actually goals are uh, pro problematic on their own but in order to get the goals to be meaningful you have to create the habits you have to create good habits that make those goals happen so for instance you might say i want to lose a stone this year and that's a fairly straightforward thing you can work out. So I've got a year to lose 14 pounds. Okay, so that's I've got a month to lose rough, roughly a pound a month. And that's kind of quite doable, whatever. Even but better, then, lose two stone and yeah. then put one back on. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. That is exactly the point because you get to the you get to the point where you've lost your stone, uh, and it's like, oh, okay, now what? <laughs> right, I've done. I've I've shown that discipline for a year, and I've you know I've uh, not eaten those sweets when I yeah. could have done or drunk that extra beer, and now I've lost the weight. I'm off to the pub. Um, but actually, so... th those little, and but maybe comes onto this in the book, but once you've established those little habits, and if you've done it, and if you really wanted to do it, and you've done it in the right way, then in, in a way, you just sort of want to keep going. So about three years ago, I'm sure regular listeners will know, I've banged on about this before, I lost four and a half stone, which is about 60 pounds in US money. And, um, and it was, I didn't, I wasn't proving like I had existing, I had symptoms for type two diabetes or anything, but I just thought this isn't good. I, I don't like this. Um, and I tried to set myself the goal of losing, you know, of, of being 12 stone 12 on the 12th of the 12th <laughs> was my attempt. And actually I got there in September. I got to 12 stone 12 in September, but I'd already atomically got into the habit of not having this, not looking at that, not buying biscuits so that I don't have to resist the temptation. I just don't have them um, and all those sorts of things. And then um, once you've got those atomic habits, I then by Christmas, I was 11 stone 11 rather than 12 stone 12. 
Um, so those Gosh. little habits are absolutely critical. And I've kind of basically kept it off because it was a habit yeah. rather than just a goal. Yeah, that's that. That sounds good, and that's um. What you also have, by the sound of that, is is uh, willpower, and um, you know, one of the things that, about uh, establishing a habit. I mean, it's great if you have that great personal willpower, and you can establish that habit. But uh, again, one of the things that he talks about is um, uh, is it, what's a really good way to establish a habit as well is to is to have somebody. Uh, to help you have somebody accountable uh, yeah. that you are accountable to. And actually, um, from a writing point of view, this was something that I did at the end of last year. I had a, uh, I asked out among my mailing list, I asked for an accountability partner because I knew I had a big project that, that I needed to finish in my spare time, in my non-paid work time and I, I knew that the only way that it was going to happen or one of the ways would be to uh, check in with someone every day and say oh I, I, I wrote this much today and they they also had a project and they come back to me with theirs so um, over November I managed to get a, a project finished which I was you know I was kind of earlier in the year I was kind of 50-50 will I get this project finished and um I, I did manage it and it is help from reading this book and saying you know get yourself an accountability partner so you're not just uh passing yourself on the back showing great willpower for not buying biscuits anymore but you are actually hmm. uh you know you kind of um you think t if, if you don't have such strong willpower you do actually think twice that, that if you're as your hand is hovering over the uh, digestives thinking yeah, I know I'm going to get these and I'm going to email tomorrow my accountability buddy and say, by the way, I bought a packet of biscuits, uh, at which point you don't buy them because you've kind of, you, yeah. you've, you've put something in between you and the trigger. So it is about setting up these little habits and that and that's the sort of thing that works. And I've started to find it a lot more as well with other things where I've got, you know, I've I, I, got things that seem to be daunting and overwhelming uh, over the course of the next year but actually uh, being able to sort of put aside little bits of time and say well I'm going to do a little bit on this uh, each, each day and it is definitely um, helping and making me more productive and I think that that's it's, it's, it's mm. a, I think Atomic Habits is a great very simple book that really kind of helps you helps you through uh, without mm. having those sort of feelings of you know right I've I've achieved it I've done everything now what it, it just puts the things in place so like you say with your your weight loss there mm. uh, James you know it's like you 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 don't want to buy biscuits anymore you don't want to yeah. spend as much time in the pub or whatever it was you were yeah you were doing but anyway I think so my question is on the book which i've i've not read i've got a bit of a summary of it here on the guy's new uh the guy called james clear isn't he he is the mm, author yeah, yeah and i'm looking at jamesclear.com where he sort of breaks down stuff about yeah the book. you can sign up for his email and you'll get these kind of once a week you'll get you'll get a kind of potted version of of, of things from his books and there are you know he's, he's he, he writes very well very clearly mm. but nice, presumably you have sentence. to really really want to do the thing to do it atomically I mean, because I think for me, uh, my, my latest thing is learning New Testament Greek. Right. And I really, really want 
uh, to do it. But I don't particularly want to have to go away for weeks on end to a, a course and do it. So I'm just doing like 10 minutes before breakfast every single day. I'm copying out New Testament Greek. I've got a book to learn it through. I know where there's some videos. Um, you know, today I was trying to find entertaining ways of of memorizing what Greek words mean by creating picture, you know, imagery, which has actually reminded me, uh, what I was reminded about in Deep Work by Cal Newport about how to how to learn stuff, which is the book isn't actually about, but um, but you have to really want to do it. And I guess that takes me on to a thing that I was reminded of again, and it was in the last year or two, and I'm sure we've mentioned it before, is Jerry Seinfeld, the most wildly successful comedian of recent times has a really strict routine about writing every day. And um, uh, he's interviewed by Tim Ferriss, who's the, the four-hour workweek guy. I'd really um, recommend that. It's a fantastic yeah. uh, interview podcast. Uh, yeah. It's about an hour and a half long, and it's, it's got some brilliant insights. And it's, yeah. obviously, it's very funny as well from time. But, but yeah, in terms of understanding how to be more productive. Yeah. And, and this is for, you know, this is like a comedy writer, the best, one of the best comedy people in the world giving a free masterclass in how to how to write comedy you know you know you, you got to listen to it what's good about it as well is it's time based rather than uh job based i think that's one thing that i'm trying to realize i need to do is just like i need to spend the time on something and rather than just think i need to get this done by then and by the end by lunchtime i'll have achieved this or that it's like you don't know how long it's going to take to do that thing sometimes it will be quicker not often normally it takes longer but you you can't change the passing of time and how long things take and so you're setting yourself for real setting yourself up for real frustration whereas actually Seinfeld says I think essentially he just sits there for 90 minutes and you should just sit there and write and if you don't end up writing anything at all you, you don't get to do anything else or go anywhere else you still got to sit there so well while I'm here I might as well um, I think that's quite a good approach. So I did. So today, I even this morning, I had one task I wanted to do, just thinking I'm not quite sure how this is going to go. And I've sort of half started three tasks that are all related. So I, I write a weekly Substack based around church, culture, um, Bible, story, stuff like that. And I ended up writing, I ended up writing about Stranger Things actually, because uh, essentially there's a sense in which you've got four kids who slightly defeat the evil one. Oh, okay, what, like the four kids in Narnia in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe? Um, and there are sort of similarities, um, you know, not direct similarities, but I just ended up going on a bit of a think and a write and a read and a rethink and all that kind of stuff. And I got to lunch just thinking, I'm not quite sure what I've achieved today, but I'm, I'm really pleased with what I've thought about and what I've done. Um, and this may end up being three weekly um, installments, whereas I only, I only set out to write one, which I sort of have probably now done. But so I think in a way, it's like I've taken the time to do the thing and I don't quite know what the results are going to be. But I have a I have a big, long goal and I have the time to do it. And rather than just fussing about all of these little mini goals that you keep setting yourself, is that does that sort of come across in the book is that have I got that yeah, right I think um I just want to pick you up on the thing where you say about you know I really really want to do this and th th this is where he talks about 
setting habits being more important than setting goals because yeah. i know you're all all of you who are listening you really 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 want to write the best sitcom episode uh, ever and you know sure that's great and we all we all want to do that but um you know it's kind of it, it, it feels like something that's so far away it's like well how you know what how am i going to get there and and but you start with the very simple habits and if you do really 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 want to do that then you will you will sort of dig in in the way in the way that you've just described there you know you're cut to the point of the, the minutiae of learning these letters and and and, and hmm. getting things that you've got you you want to go right down to uh, i really want to learn about uh characters i really want to learn um about stories you know and i'm 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 gonna sit down and I'm, i'll i'll write you know, this isn't going to be a, a, a sitcom, but this is, uh, I'm going to write about a, a kid that I remember from school who always bullied me or, or I bu- who I always bullied. And I'm going to write everything down. And, you know, again, nothing may come of it, but actually a little spark may come. And I, oh, this might be an interesting character in a sitcom or it might be an interesting episode. And it's just, but it's establishing that habit. I mean, um, of, of uh, just setting aside that time. And uh, with, with Jerry Seinfeld, he calls it the 100-day habit. He says at the end of what, you know, you sit there for your 90 minutes, you do whatever, and then at the end, you've, you've got a big calendar up on the wall with, with 100 days on it, and you put a cross at the end of each day. And he said by the time you get to about number six, day six or seven, you know, you, you kind of, you don't, you you don't want to break the the the, uh, the, the chain you know, the chain and so so you just keep going and and once once you do that and this is something I've talked about I think in the last one where I've started writing every day and I have I've written something every day since before you know uh, end of twenty twenty so um, it's kind of about four hundred days on the trot now but and it isn't isn't necessarily oh this is going to be something that's going to work as a you know in a sitcom or whatever it's just it might even be me saying i have no idea what i want to write now what what should i write about oh maybe i'll write about this so so it's 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 not like you're working towards a finished product of writing it's just you're you're establishing the the getting your backside on the chair and being there and writing Hmm. and david sadaris says a similar thing he says you know if you want to write about your life and you want to write about experience you know the the place you have to be is at your desk and uh that's a really nice little kind of this this is a guy whose whole you know output is 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 stories from his life but he he, he's still sitting there at his desk writing Hmm. them and that that so that's that's taking what you were saying there of the you know the really really wanting to do it mm. and 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 you know even if whatever you don't get to wherever i mean you you're not necessarily sure where you're going with it but along the way and this is the help, this is a thing that old people always say in all philosophies you know it's not the getting there it's the journey you know already the journey that you have taken on this, you know, which you've been doing for what a week or two weeks, has taken you to some very interesting places that you mm. like write about. And I signed up to your Substack last week, yeah. so uh, I, uh, I I recommend it. Uh, oh, bless you! you know, even if it's, I don't I mean, necessarily agree with, <laughs> with no, it, no, no, no. So yeah, it's from a. I'm I'm not. 
I'm not trying to persuade anybody that Christianity is true, for example. I'm just assuming that it's sort of true. And if you want if you want me to try and prove it, then that's one for another time, if you sort of mean. So I'm just taking as read, here's the Bible, here's the church, here's culture, here's history, here's a load of things, here's how they kind of interconnect. Here's why Christians like me tend to be anti-culture, anti-art. You know, we're we're the team that smashed up all the statues in the 16th century and um and uh, we're, we're sort of still still recovering from that. But um, but anyway, if I ended up, one of the things I was looking at today was uh, well, I listened to a podcast called um, Not Just the Tudors, which I really like. It's a history hit podcast with Susanna Lipscomb, uh, who was often a panelist on um, that panel game with Sue Perkins, uh, insert name here. Um, and she was talking about ghost ghost stories in the times of the Tudors. And interviewing somebody about it, and I was sort of going down a rabbit warren there, and um, ended up finding some articles about it today. And it's really, it's really interesting. And again, I don't quite know where this is going to come out, but I do have one or two projects which I'm I'm really keen uh, to do. And you sort of have to do all that background reading and and all that kind of stuff as well. So, um, so yeah, okay. you don't quite know where it's going to lead. So, so, all right. Well, well, I'm I'm interested now. So you 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 you've piqued my interest okay. with this book that you've been reading. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a bit more about about Deep Work then. So Deep Work um, by Cal Newport is a really helpful in the sense of it, I I don't think I found anything particularly surprising, but it gave really good evidence that that particular habits are really super effective. So the guy is a, is an academic and he works in academia where it is easy for him to spend most of his time being distracted and not working. And actually what he wants to do is get tenured as a professor. And that requires producing some really deep thinking um, and some really good papers that are peer reviewed, well reviewed, all that kind of stuff. So that's his particular uh, goal and there's a thousand and one reasons to stop you from writing academic papers, but uh, you do need to knuckle down and do it. So uh, the book is about deep work, how important it is in terms of also that it's valuable. Um, so kind of half decent stuff is to a penny and it's not very distinctive. And actually the deep stuff that's really, really been thought about very, very deeply is is rare, but it's essential if you want to get anywhere. Um, how, how do you define deep deep work then? So I think deep work is is the kind of stuff where y you have to really put in some hard yards and create something original or create something that's the best you can do rather than slightly generic, good enough, um, the kind of thing that everyone's expecting. I mean, I guess... Maybe he doesn't explain what deep work is particularly well, but he also contrasts it to shallow work, which is stuff that ultimately you could probably train anyone to do within a few hours. So, you know, putting up links on social media, e emailing people, um, uh, you know, d doing various jobs. They're not... Everyone has to do some of them. And... Whereas the stuff that you can do, the stuff that you're into, you need to try and do the best version of that you can. And in order to do that, you need to do deep work. But of course, what you can't, you can't do that for eight hours in the day. And because there is a real law of diminishing returns. So in a way, um, we want to 
be aware that this is something that you might be able to do for three or four hours tops probably which is pretty much what I, I've always said that in any given day of writing if you do if you do three hours work of writing solidly you've done pretty well and you're going to get once you've done more than four hours I'd probably stop because it's probably not going to be very good um, and you should probably do something else because there's always something else that you you should do but actually those breaks away from your desk are super important because, you know, your brain needs to be rested and will come back to it fresh the next day, that particular task, which is why you also shouldn't be checking your email overnight in a work context. If your boss emails you at 8 p.m., it's better not to know about it until 9 p.m. the next morning. No, sorry, 9 a.m. the next morning, because it's just going to ruin your sleep. It's going to, you know, and that's and it may be that your boss wasn't expecting you to respond, but they're they're clearing their inbox at a particular time for whatever reason. It's you know what, what it's not really up to you how your boss decides to do their job. Um, so you know you need to kind of really think about: uh, Are you giving yourself the best chance of doing deep work? He's pretty big on just really limiting social media, and also email is the real killer especially if you're my age email is probably a bigger problem because you just have thousands of emails unread flying around various chains of emails and stuff so one specific uh thing i need to do is to write better emails um that are more, kind of more business-like rather than just hey here's a thing how about this we should get together sometime and think about it. It's like, just save those thoughts up and then do a proper email because I don't particularly want to respond to emails like that either. Um, so, uh, so I don't think, so I think that feels more like a moral obligation on my part really, rather than anything that Cal Newport says. But in order to use email differently, I have to get into a better habit myself of sending better emails rather than just rolling my eyes that someone else has um, basically sent me an email which is essentially assuming, implying that, that here is some work to do that I've not actually agreed to do. Um, so I think that's kind of uh, where I've got to on that book. So just the importance of really preserving that morning time. Today I switched off notifications on my, so I'm writing in the morning on my old laptop and I've actually just this morning set the email so that it doesn't even check for email unless I tell it to, rather than getting any kind of notification that I've just had an email. Um, so you really have to work hard to switch stuff off, but take the 15 minutes you need to do that so that you're not being constantly interrupted because the moment you're interrupted, uh, it really is hard to get back to it. Um, so that's that's where I've got to. Well, that's an interesting thing, just just by the by. Um, again, in, in the last episode where we talked about, uh, I, I talked about my own kind of um, f feelings towards technology and uh, how I've, how I, and I am now really kind of changing my views about them. But there are some things that I just think actually uh, I intend to use technology less where, where, where writing is concerned. I, I, I just try and do as much stuff using a pen and, and paper just because you know there are no distractions yeah uh, apart from doodling um 
So, you know, you can't, you, you just, that, it, all that stuff is irrelevant, you know, if, if all, all your machines are actually switched off at that point. And so I, I tend to switch on later and later. But just, just to come back to what you were saying there about what, what deep work is, it sounds to me a little bit like the area that we talk a lot about uh, in terms of writing. It's the, the, the why me part. And that's where, you know, you really, that, that, that's, that's where you have absolute total advantage over everybody else because nobody, nobody knows you uh, like you do, even if you don't know yourself well enough yet but you know you can find out and and I think that's a really important I think for as as in terms of a kind of new year's resolution I think rather than saying uh well I mean you can choose to lose a stone by the end of the year but I think if you can just uh you know kind of examine examine yourself examine your history examine your psyche uh your habits and and things about yourself that's going to help you in so many ways in your life but one way especially that'll help is that it will make you a much better writer Mm. Um, so i think that's a good um that's a good takeaway from that i'd like i was what i want to do is uh, in both of these books uh cases um just just to say how that applies to the next thing that I wanted to talk about which which is actually a very specific thing uh which is about writing topical comedy but have you got anything else that you want to uh add on that just to add to that though let's just say that we'll talk more about it on the next episode but the we we have received a lot of scripts for our hat-trick sitcom competition um we have received over 800 in fact nearly 900 and I've already been started to read them. And I think the why this, why now, why you question is the hardest one and is the one that is the most frustrating uh, when you're reading a script um, and you're reading a script, you think, I don't know why they've written this. I don't know why this person has put these characters in this situation. Um, and I don't know what, I, yeah, so I think that deep work in a sitcom context, for me in particular, I think really is what am I going to write about and why am I writing about it rather than I'd like to have a go at writing a sitcom. And that is a perfectly good thing. To, to That's a starting point and that's fine. And it may be that some of these scripts that we're reading are people who know that this isn't their great magnum opus, but they're just going to have a go and send it in anyway. And again, that's fine. But I think that deep work of, you know, what am I actually saying here? What am I, what, what, are, what is the dilemma at the heart of this show? All that kind of stuff requires that really deep thought. And I think people maybe jump to plot, character, jokes, script way, way, way too quickly. But unfortunately, if you don't have a strong reason um so anyway so i've not read hundreds yet i've only read dozens um but so far my headline is there's an awful lot of characters wandering around in search of a plot and not only that but in certain you know and and scripts in search of a a reason to exist now because again a sitcom is expensive so if you want someone to make your sitcom 
It's going to cost a million pounds, probably two million pounds. Do you, is your idea really good enough to make someone spend two million pounds on it? That's a great, uh, I love that idea that, you know, if you sit, when you sit down to write your sitcom, uh, what you're saying is, can I have two million pounds, please? <laughs> that's just such, yeah. a, such a way of phrasing it. Yeah. Let's, we'll, we'll talk about it, as you say, in more detail. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go in a bit more depth about the script so far uh, in, in the next episode. Um, but I just want to say for now, um, this the uh, one one of the one of the ways that you can build your profile as a as a comedy writer is to write topical comedy. Now we have James and I have talked about this a lot over the years, and we've talked about the BBC having their open door policy and trying to get new writers in. And there's been a very big change really in the last year. Which is, well, first of all, uh, the BBC, BBC Radio doesn't have a topical comedy show or any show at all at this point uh, for new writers to come in. And, shame! Uh, shame, boo hiss, as you very rarely hear me mm. on this show, criticising the BBC, but on this particular uh, subject, I feel very strongly uh, that they, they, they are not performing their remit as as a public service company um but also it makes no it makes no sense in the long term is that where do you think the writers of all your comedies are going to come from yeah and that's gonna uh, i mean there there will be something new at some point but it's all it's it's all a bit vague at the moment but the big change though is that there are these two topical comedy shows that it is now possible to write for uh, the breaking the news, the Scottish topical show that's on for thirty weeks a year, and they are looking for gags all the time. And um, the skewer, which is John Holmes, who we had a, a, as a as a guest on our uh, on our masterclass uh, towards the end of last year, who is basically the complete and utter brains behind the skewer, um, which is a fantastic show, very unusual. It's not like any other radio show that's ever been. Um, uh, the nearest, I would say, is sort of a bit like Blue Jam, but it's topical. So um, it is a great show, and John loves getting work from new writers, and uh, he's really encouraging for it. And towards the end of last year, Dan Swerett and I um, ran a kind of topical course helping people. Dan's written for both shows, so he's able to uh, offer a lot of advice. I've written a lot of topical comedy, and... Um, we had uh, it was quite quite astonishing really how much stuff people got on to both those shows who just just and 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 it came back to you know we weren't we weren't telling we weren't commenting on the quality of their gags although you know we had a we've we've, we've got enough experience between us to know when something looks like a gag that is likely to be used but you know, you, you never know. No one ever knows. But what we were providing and, and what we're providing, we're doing another one in, in February, um, was um, just uh, making sure people came back every week. Uh, you, you, you write a load of jokes. They don't get on. But that's OK. It's a 10 week series. Come back next week with some more jokes. We'll tell you on this. And so much of it interestingly what you were just saying about sitcoms uh you know so much it's the same advice over and over you know breaking the news they've got a very specific uh way of writing a joke set up uh, sentence one and then a, a, a little bit of explanation and then punchline and out and you know it's 
it's amazing how many variations, how many ways people could not do that. You know, even though mm. you say, right, this is the setup, this is where it goes, and this is the punchline, and people would still say, and, and you know, only have one joke, and you'd still get people coming in with two jokes in one punchline. Mm. Uh, you know, give it a proper setup. Yeah, uh, don't be mean or sarcastic. Get a lot of mean, sarcastic stuff. But week in, week out, we were just drilling those habits into the writers. And a few people were getting stuff on straight away. But the thing that was really uh, encouraging for us was that there were some people who just didn't get anything on at all, week after week after week. And then, our course had finished, but week seven and week eight and week nine, they they were getting stuff on. People who had been doing our course and didn't get stuff on then went on to get it and 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 it was because they they just kept at it and that's mm. just a really fantastic uh thing i'm really sort of excited about it and yeah. um so so we're doing that uh, we're doing another one for the next series upcoming series of breaking the news and the skewer breaking the news will probably start we don't know the exact dates but it's probably start mid-feb run till mm. um through uh till middle of april and the skewer is probably going to start kind of end of march and finish around a kind of similar time so um if you want to sign up um you can um, email email me at um funnyup02 at gmail.com is that funnyup02 uh, or 02 sorry, yeah 02 yeah funnyup02 funny at gmail.com gmail. but hurry up <laughs> yeah two things to say on that one is we spoke to georgia pritchett um, and Patreons have already had access to that and listened to that episode. Georgia Pritchett, who has been writing episodes of Succession recently, and she was writing Veep, and has just written um, the Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd show, which I've suddenly forgotten, The, the Shrink, Shrink Next, Next Door. Door. Yeah. Um, I keep thinking and, of My Wife Next Door, okay. which of course it is nothing like at all. <laughs> and um, so, And she started out writing topical comedy, even though it was never quite her thing. And in that, interview she also explains how she went about doing it in her own way and how she actually got that to work for her so i would say that's well worth listening to um if you want to get it early then join us on patreon and there are lots of other uh, bonuses to joining us on patreon too and the second thing is to say that i guess what dave's advocating implicitly is the fact that this is atomic deep work isn't it your th- this requires a regular um habit of trying to get stuff on but to do it deeply and give yourself the best chance of doing it shut off the distractions you know earmark 90 minutes uh, for a session or two hours or whatever you can do or 90 minutes and then a break and then another 90 or another 60 or something like that whatever it requires to do it buy yourself a nice new notebook uh tk Maxx do really good cheap decent nice notebooks occasionally you'll find a moleskin one there um and you know and and set sail and you you'll get better at it how can you not get better at it um if you if you don't persevere and i think that's the one thing that the internet gives us this illusion that things are easy because they just need to sort of go viral you just need to kind of noodle around a bit and then you hit it and then it's but that that just isn't how the internet actually is or life actually is uh, so i would i would really recommend um you know working deeply and atomically and so those two books are uh atomic habits by james clear and deep work by cal newport and we also mentioned getting things done by uh, david allen 
Dave's also written some books and I've got written some books too. So you can find those um, and you get free e-versions of those if you join us on Patreon uh, as well, I think. Do you still yep. get those? Yep. Um, and you get an extra podcast a month uh, where you get to ask us anything and join us on a Zoom and we have a bit of a chat. The last one we did at the end of December was really rather jolly, I thought, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it was great. Yeah, Lots of people turned up, the more the yeah. merrier. So yeah. uh, that'd it be was, great. It was good. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, well, I think that's probably the end of episode 183. It is. It is indeed. And the first episode of 2022. And uh, so wishing you all a very happy and productive new year. Deep. <laughs> Cheerio. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.